everyone, and welcome to episode 338 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we do not have the full crew here this week. Richard is off on vacation this week, down in Hawaii, hopefully swimming and having a wonderful time. So Richard's not here, but of course, I'm joined by Krim today to talk about some magic stuff. How's it going today, Krim? Morning, Seth. Uh, I'm excited. We were going to talk about, like, well, a, a thing that I've been playing a lot of recently and surprisingly. <laughs> I'm I'm actually really excited about this, too. So our cast today, we're going to dedicate basically the whole cast to talking about the future of Standard. I think both Krim and I have been playing a lot of Standard 2022, the, like, pre-rotated format. So we want to talk about, well, a banning in that format. It's only best of one, kind of the differences between best of one and best of three, uh, card differences, deck differences. Talk about what Standard 2022 decks might survive uh, rotation and actually be a part of best of three, like, full Standard in a couple of months and what's coming and Innistrad and the best card. So basically, we're going to be talking a lot about Standard today, uh, and I'm pretty excited for that. But before we get into all that, a quick reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And Card Conduit, you've probably heard about them from us before. They're a great way to sell your magic collection, and they're offering a new service geared towards selling smaller batches of valuable cards with a reduced service fee. With their curated shipment service, you can sell your cards at the best available buy list price with only a 5% fee. And as with all card conduit services, you don't got to sort your stuff. You don't got to grade your cards. Just safely package them up and ship them out. And you'll even get a detailed report of all their results. So check out Card Conduit's curated shipment option. It's a way to buy list up to 150 cards with fast processing, optimized prices, and the low, low service fee of just 5%. And right now, you can even get a 10% discount by heading over to cardconduit.com slash goldfish. So Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thanks so much to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And uh, let's talk some standards. So uh, what kind of inspired this topic, Krim, was we got a banning, a weird banning, a standard 2022 banning. What a changed in standard 2022 last week? Well, we had the Book of Exalted Deeds banned. Now, th- that that is a card that kind of actually made sense because first off, uh, the card itself made it so that you can't really lose the game. It was like a Platinum Angel effect attached to your Faceless Haven. Now, normally I wouldn't say that's too bad right now because we have access to cards like Field of Ruin uh, and stuff like that. But on top of that, but, but because we don't have Field of Ruin in this format because it's now rotated out, we don't have a sideboard either because it's best of one. So... Uh, I believe the issue is that oftentimes players would get into a mirror match. <laughs> and and let's be honest here. I'm pretty sure both those decks don't have a way to interact. <laughs> because Skyclave Apparition can't touch it and whatnot. So it's just two players staring at each other until somebody like 
like pretty much disconnects. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so this banning, just so it's really clear, this only impacts standard 2022, which is kind of a special event on arena that features rotated standard. Uh, obviously, actual rotation doesn't happen for another month and a half or something, the beginning of September, but it's already rotated, which gives it a little bit different card pool. So this does not mean that Book of Exalted Deeds is banned in like standard standard or it's going to be banned in post rotation standard. I was a little disappointing, uh, disappointed with the banning just because I really enjoyed playing that deck. I think it was probably too good in standard 2022, honestly. Uh, I played almost like 100 matches with it and it was winning like 70% of the time. It was just kind of crushing people. So I, mean, I found the combo to be really effective because, as you mentioned, you just don't have all the answers you have in real standard. Yeah, yeah, that, that was the big thing, right? Like, and, and I mean, I, I was playing against it a decent amount. So much so that you did have to respect it, right? Like, so I was playing like Lithiform Blight in the main deck. Uh, and, and like good news though is like playing a control deck, you usually did just win against it. But, but the thing here is like, yeah, like anytime you tap out, right? You, you could just never tap out because they'll just hold the book once they get into the late game and then just drop it and activate it all at once. So yeah, kind of, kind of a, kind of a problem. But yeah, I, I don't think the actual combo is that, that bad. Uh, and I also find it hilarious that a future standard format started off with a ban. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> yes, yes. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> that, that, sounds, that sounds like the last couple of years of standard. But yeah, it is kind of hilarious that the format's not even out yet and we're getting bannings. So, Grim, like, uh, is before I move on to other aspects of future standard, like, do you think the combo itself is going to be problematic or even good in real standard? I know some people have, like, been playing it in pre-rotated standard in, like, white aggro decks that I've seen in, like, challenges on Magic Online and stuff and having some success. But I imagine in best of three when you can sideboard for it and in a format where you have, as you said, Field of Ruin or post-rotation, I'm sure we'll get something like Field of Ruin or Ghost Corner mm. or Tectonic Edge mm. in the Innistrad set, like... Is the combo actually even going to be good? Uh, is there any concern they're going to have to ban this combo in, like, best of three regular standard? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. One can only hope that uh, they do put a Ghost Quarter or a Field of Ruin in the format. <laughs> but I don't know if they will. There's no guarantee that they will, right? And that's a concern to me. And if that's the case, cards, not just, not just like, the Faceless Haven combo, I think just, like, Creature Lands in general are going to be very powerful because they're absurdly like powerful in this format, right? Like they, they are so strong. Yeah, I can't tell you how many Faceless Havens I've died to without the combo, not even in white decks, just like yeah. being able, I've been, I've been, I've been crimming a little bit and playing control on occasion, <laughs> standard 2022. And one of the easiest ways to die is you like devastating mastery away your opponent's board. And then they're like, oh, fire up my Faceless Haven and attack you. And you're like, oh, there's just like, what am I supposed to do about that? The answer doesn't exist. And then you got to go way down, as you said, the list to like Lithiform Blight or Cleansing Wildfire, which they do answer land. But honestly, they're not cards you really want in your main deck because they're pretty bad if you run into aggro or something that isn't like built around those lads. So, so yeah, I really hope they offer an answer. I guess I've just been running on the assumption that they were going to put a ghost quarter effect into the format. But if they don't, as you said, not just the combo, but creature lands, period, the new ones and faceless haven and crawling barons yeah. all go way up in value and might be some of the, the best cards, honestly, in post rotation standard. Yeah, like I, I every single land has been really good. I mean, there even even like the ones that aren't 
normally talked about. I mean, okay, I just haven't seen the white one, but uh, <laughs> like the uh, the hive of the eye tyrant and all of that. Like every single land has proven to be extremely powerful. Uh, and I, I, if we don't have a field of ruin effect, those are gonna like what? Are, like I don't even know what we're supposed to do. I guess we're, I'm not asking for them to get banned. I just think that they're very powerful. So we are going to probably have to play more things like, we'll, I hope we have better removal because let's be honest here. I, the, the faceless Haven doesn't get hit by power word kill. Uh, it doesn't get hit by that and that's gone and we don't have heartless act anymore. So we're going to be using what poison the cup, uh, murder, baleful, baleful mastery. These are things that currently we, we, I'm using to answer outside of just blocking. So, uh, yeah, the, these lands are going to be very good, uh, if there isn't a field of ruin effect. However, to dial it back and to answer the original question, I actually don't think it's that powerful. Uh, I, I think it's good. I think it's very good. And like maybe something comes out and it proves me wrong, but I think that it is quite, it isn't that powerful to where it needs to get banned in standard, normal standard, that is. If you're talking about pre-rotated standard, I think the card's just like the, the combo's a meme. Yeah, uh, I I think I mostly I think I mostly agree with that. Like I think the combo will be playable in best of three, but I don't think it's going to be uh, broken in best of three. I will say, if there's not a ghost quarter effect, and maybe even if there is, I could see the combo continuing to be pretty frustrating in best of one because yeah. the reason I'm not really super scared of it in best of three is you can sideboard for it while you don't really want lithoform blight or cleansing wildfire or whatever in your main deck yeah it's a fine sideboard option they can trip so i think in best of three it'll be dealt with and we have answers that we can play in our sideboard but one thing i've realized and this kind of transitions to our next topic is best of one's a little bit different than best of three i know you've been playing best of one uh, along with best of three for a while grim you do the single scoop series and all that i've never really been a best of one player standard 2022 has been by far the most best of one i i think i've ever played on arena like i played a ton of standard 2022 lately and uh, it is a little bit different in the sense that you don't have those answers. One of the things I wanted to ask you about uh, as far as the difference between best of one and best of three is that uh, can you play mid range in in best of one? I think my experience with standard 2022, like I said, which has been my main best of one experience, has been there's a lot of really aggressive decks and then you have a lot of really controlling decks, but it feels very difficult to be in the middle. I've noticed that even trying to build mid range decks, it's like, okay, I need this set of cards when I run into Krim and he's playing like a hardcore <laughs> control deck, but then those cards are like actively bad against the aggro deck. So I need these cards when I'm playing against an aggro deck. And then I feel like if I'm playing mid range, I just tend to draw like the wrong half of my deck in the wrong matchup and just get super punished for it. So is there room for mid range? Is that normal for best of one in general? Or is this just like a weird standard 2022 thing? I think that's more so a standard 2022 thing. Um, I mean, I, I would, would you consider the dragons deck a control deck or, or a mid range deck? Cause Jeez, that's, that's tough. I, ugh. It, it's a, it's definitely a controlling mid range deck. I guess I lean a little towards control, but I could see an argument for it being mid range. Cause like, I, I think of like how you're winning those games and it's with like mid rangey threats, right? Uh, and, and like that's, that's kind of like how I feel like most best of one can be like you can still just play these mid-range decks of course 
you'll just draw the wrong half of your deck sometimes, right? Like that happens no matter what deck I'm playing. If I'm drawing my, if I'm playing my aggro deck, I've drawn way too many lands over, you know, my creatures or my threats. Control, you know, same deal, right? So I'm, I'm like, yeah, of course the format itself is way, it's entirely different. And this is why I enjoy playing it because it is to me just another format, right? Just like how I look at modern, uh, historic, it is just its own format. And, and then of the course, the subcategories within it of, you know, best of one historic, best of one standard, right? So, uh, I, I do think that the, this format is entirely different because you can't fully just be like, ah, well, I'm going to just have my game one be ready to stomp aggro, right? And so it's a lot of random singletons. And, and I think that's the way mid range would also go because I have played a few mid range decks, but they are just a load of singletons. And I, and like, or two ofs and, th- and like, you know, whatnot. And like, very few cards are actually play sets. So, uh, yeah. That, Interesting. That, that's how I build my deck because I do, I do want like a, a wide variety of answers, threats, and things that kind of like almost for, for every situation. So it's, it, it really is its own animal. And it is a lot of fun to try to figure out a best of one list because not only do certain cards, uh, like, like not only do like, you know, like some, some archetypes just exist in, in best of one, there's like, exclusively cards too. So yeah, yeah. Like I, 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 I think that's pretty cool. Right. Cause like I wouldn't normally get to be like, Hey, let's play the book of exalted deeds deck. Right. In, in best of three, uh, because you know, this is pretty easy to stop, but in best of one, it can thrive. So. Yeah, I do kind of like that, too, to some extent. And I got to say, like, I've been more on the like anti best of one camp, not existing, but anti me enjoying it and playing it and playing it a bunch because of standard 2022. If you think of it as a different format, its own format rather than a, uh, you know, a an offshoot of best of three, it actually can be kind of fun. There's still some frustrating games where it feels like you just get run over uh, or you, you know, get mana screwed. And it's disappointing to have the entire match be decided by sometimes variance, which is something I, I do dislike. But I've enjoyed it a lot more than I expected now that I've played it a bunch. There's even exclusive cards, which is something I didn't realize. Actually, a few days ago, I got I got beat by a shock and I went and looked. I was like, wait, shock is not in standard 2022. It's not in any of the sets. Like, how in the world did I get shock? I actually tweeted that I I thought I found a bug on Arena because someone shocked me in Standard 2022 and I got a response from uh, from from Lee over at Wizards like no that's not a bug that's actually like legal in the format what do you think of these like exclusive new player cards which aren't legal in the rest of Standard and some of them I'm pretty sure don't even exist in paper they were created exclusively for Arena but they are legal in Best of One do you think that's a, a positive or a negative for the format? I think that's a positive, actually, because, I mean, first off, I look at best of one as a digital format, right? Like, I, I, I've played Hearthstone and, and whatnot, and so, like, I, I'm kind of used to the world of best of one stuff, right? Uh, and, and, and yeah, like, I, I can, I would definitely be caught off guard at first, because, like, yeah, shock, wait, how does that exist? And, like, or whatever the one-one haste goblin that is, was created out of thin air. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. 
I, I actually don't know the name of the card, but it, it, I think it's like a Goblin Berserker 1-1, one, one, and, it and it's haste for one. But uh, the, the card itself, like, and the idea behind it, I don't think it bothers me all that much because in the digital format, that tells me they could take advantage of that space once again. They can create cards. They can tune cards to the way they like. And that means that they could, let's just say, in best of one, if there isn't a Field of Ruin, they could just literally add Field of Ruin, make it in the format forever. Right, like so. Yeah. So I I like that. It allows them to have an emergency injection of whatever answer is needed or whatever thing could be needed, so it could boost archetypes or deal with certain problematic things. So yeah, I I I like what it could be. Of course, you know this is one of those things where yes, there's also the downside of this could also be the problem. Like they could make some car that's just so good. That it is only the only thing played in best of one. But that's not so much of a worry to me because they could easily correct that, right? It's a digital format. Best of one doesn't like, you know, like this this format, this card doesn't exist in real life. So easy fix. They could just turn it into like a vanilla whatever, one one. So I'm kind of a fan of that. Um, it, this, this is where it kind of makes it like feel even more of its own format, right? And I and, and that I like. Um and in between all the enchantments, the creatures, all this other stuff, I, I wish they would make more because I don't think they've made a new exclusive to best of one whatever new player experience card since the last what like since almost before it came. Wait, was it before it came out of beta? I don't even remember. But it's been it's, so long. It's been a while. There's there's a there's a group of cards, and I will say, I guess I have two. I have one criticism of the new player experience cards, which is, I honestly don't know what cards exist and fall into that category. Actually, trying to well, not researching for my own sanity after being shocked was one thing, but also for this <laughs> podcast, I want to just like, okay, here's a list of these cards that are available to play in best of one on arena, but aren't legal in best of three, or some don't even exist. And I couldn't even find it. I couldn't find it in client. I couldn't find it through Google. So I do wish that there was an easy way to know what cards there are because I don't know what I'm missing out on. Maybe there's something there that I want to put in one of my decks and I just don't even know it's a card and that I could possibly be playing it because I don't know where to where to find these cards. So I wish there was a place that I could just see like here's the list of them. When I first saw the exclusive to arena cards, I was kind of like, I don't know if I like this. But the more that I've played best of one and the more that I've come to think of it as not a not a worse version of best of three which i think compared to best of three i still believe that but if you think of it as it's own, completely its own thing like it's just 100 its own format then i guess like sure whatever like have random cards in there like just make sure that people know they exist and everyone can like add them to their decks if they want to. I think I think that's my my biggest issue is I honestly still don't know. Every every few matches, well not few, but every like, you know, 30 matches, someone will play a card and be like, "Wow, I, I didn't even know that was a thing in standard, but I guess it is apparently." So, I So it could be a little bit more upfront maybe. Yeah, uh, or yeah. clear what cards there are there. Fully agree with that. I mean, like I I myself have only come into these cards like in passing, right? As I'm scrolling through deck building and stuff like that. Like, I wonder how many people know about Raid Bombardment being legal in this format. Oh, is it? Yeah. Raid Bombardment <laughs> is legal in this format. And then, I've run into that one, yeah. That could actually be good in Goblins, maybe. Right. A lot of it is actually in Goblins, because then there's also Goblin Gang Leader, which is... Oh, it, I, I don't... Is this an yeah. old card? Does this exist anywhere else? I think it does, right? 
I think it's similar to a card that exists in paper, but I'm pretty sure it is not actually a paper card. Like, yeah, because it's like... It is. It's an arena exclusive. I just... Actually, we have them listed on... Oh, my goodness. Krim. Huh. Guess what? Huh. We have them listed on the website. I didn't know this was a thing. The answer to all of our problems. <laughs> uh, we actually have an arena exclusive page over on oh, mtdgoldfish.com. We so use Richard, our website. We swear. <laughs> yes. Richard is way, way ahead of us there. But yeah, that is that is one of the exclusive cards. It doesn't exist in paper. Yeah. See, so like that card is just, and for those that are wondering at home, like just like this is just a goblin warrior that's a 2-2 and it enters the battlefield and it makes 2-1-1 goblin tokens. So... Like yeah. and then of course there's Goblin Trash Master, which you remember from uh, M19. So yeah, there's still a lot, and a lot of it does exist within Goblins because there's even Goblin Gathering. So, uh, but like, and all 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 of these cards though, the one thing that is kind of like funny about them is most of the part most of the time they're kind of bad. They're kind of really bad. They don't really do anything. Um, but I I'm surprised that they don't take advantage of this more often. Uh, and, and like make new cards or things that they could like this. We had talked before and I think some people have asked through fish mail and some have asked me in my chat, like, what do we think of like a PTR kind of thing where we get to test cards, right? Before they officially come out. Though I don't think that's possible for something like, let's just say like a new set coming out because, you know, they do this stuff in years in advance. I do think that it, it is possible to like have made up cards, you know, like on arena. And this can kind of eventually be to make its way into paper like years down the line. You know what I mean? Like any of these arena exclusive cards is a good way to go about it, in my opinion. Yeah, I I guess I would I would just say if they do embrace that more with best of one. And again, thinking of it as its own format, I think I'd be okay with that. I would I guess I would prefer them to continue to focus on best of three for tournament stuff, because I think one of my other small concerns would be. It's weird if standard is different in paper and on Modo than it is on Arena. I think if you're just, like, you know, playing, that's fine. But I think it would be kind of strange to have, like, paper tournaments be different than than Arena tournaments. Although, I guess at the same time, maybe that's just a me thing and I got to just, like, be fine with it. Because modern tournaments have a different card pool than standard tournaments. So maybe if you actually just view it as like, this is its whole own format that is not attached to anything else, maybe even that would be fine. But I do think it's a little weird that it could be different based on what client you're playing. But I do think they could do a lot more with that. Like as far as adding cards, they could even add a lot more uh, older reprints. I don't even know why they need to make exclusive cards for the most part, because there's so many cards through Magic's history that are not on Arena that have they wanted to they could add into best of one through new player experience as you said before like rather than banning book of exalted deeds they could have added ghost quarter to the format if they wanted to and just been like hey in best of one that's a card now and it's legal they could even just put it in everyone's account as a gesture of goodwill so you don't even have to like spend wild cards on it just like here you go you know crew here is a play set of ghost quarters yeah <laughs> and now we're not going to ban book of exalted deeds that would be really cool to have the option to do some stuff like that with that would just be really hard to do in paper right because like i mean that like literally ghost quarter is already programmed into the client right because it's in historic so uh yeah like that's why like why not just add that to the format right like you could easily add that because it's your best of one format that it already has exclusive digital cards now i believe that the reason why they haven't done that is because the purpose for those cards weren't really to 
to make it so they could kind of like fix a format out of nowhere it was because they just wanted to make some new cards that came with like the starter decks on the arena and 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 that was i think that's the purpose behind it or or whatever but yeah yeah i think i think that is where you get the card so i think that is is the goal so well let's let's move forward a little bit i gotta ask you Krim. so we've both played a ton of standard 2022 and maybe one of the big surprises about standard 2022 and maybe it shouldn't be surprising is it seems incredibly popular like people are talking about it people are streaming it i have gotten out of all the formats that people have sent me brews from standard 2022 has been the most popular so i feel like this has been a really big thing if i was to guess and obviously i don't have hard data on this because i'm not working at wizards but i would guess that more standard 2022 is played right now in arena than normal standard is played on arena like that's how popular it is with all of this hype and so many people playing post rotation standard now a month and a half before rotation is there any concern that we're gonna solve post rotation standard before before we even get to rotation like is, is that even something to worry about if if i'm being com- like completely honest i think that uh if we solve post rotation standard before innistrad comes out then that means innistrad isn't a good set <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's true because we are we are missing a big piece of the puzzle which is in Estrad, there's only four sets in standard adding a new one that's 20 percent of the format and uh, i got a feeling wizards is going to want to make in good it is a pretty beloved plane so it's hard for me to imagine that I they mean, make in a dud basically have you seen the most recent zendikar i don't think the recent zendikar <laughs> was a dud but i mean that's, outside that's of true. omnath but i mean like if you look past omnath right well, what do we have? We have like the MDFCs, yeah, basically. That's it, right? <laughs> the MDFCs, the the pathways, and like soaring thought thief. That's what we've seen get played a lot of, right? So, uh, well, I I do think that yeah, I can see the concerns, right? Like we're getting super hyped months before standards like rotated, and you know, like yeah, maybe we do get some of the archetypes kind of like figured out a little bit and just add a few new things from Innistrad. But I think Innistrad, just a few cards from a set is enough to like completely reshape a format. So I guess I'm a little bit in in the the wishful thinking area where I'm thinking, may uh, let's hope that when it hits Innistrad hits that this means that this stuff just does like can like the entire format is redone. Right. I mean, for right now, this is kind of just it feels like a block format and it's kind of just hope it's for us to get away from Eldraine. That, that's how I look yeah. at this format. And and I think like the Book of Exalted Deeds combo kind of exemplifies how like a single card can have a huge impact. We were talking about it earlier, like the difference between something like Ghost Quarter being an Innistrad and not being an Innistrad. Just that one single card slot is going to have a huge impact on what the metagame looks like. Right. So even like even if not a ton of Innistrad cards were playable, it's just a matter of them being the right cards. And that can have a huge shift in the meta. So I I agree. I don't think this standard is going to be solved by any means, but I do think we're going to go through rotation with a much clearer understanding of like what might be good and maybe like an early look of what the metagame might look like 
compared to past rotations where we didn't have this like two month queue of post rotation standard. Cause I think we already have a, a pretty good view of like the top decks in standard 2022. And I'm curious, Grim, what you think about these decks as far as moving forward into real standard, because you got the big jump into best of three for one thing. So that mm-hmm. changes mm-hmm. things. Uh, so that's one big difference. Plus we're going to have another set. We obviously don't know what's in Innistrad, but it, it, my take on the meta would be from playing a ton of it, I would say the top tier of the meta is, is it dragons would be mm-hmm. probably Definitely. either number one or number two. And then mono green aggro, I think is the other deck that I would consider to be one of the two most played and probably best decks in the format. Like, is that kind of where you would be as far as the top tier of the meta, Grim? Yeah. I mean, if not in power level, then at least in sheer numbers, right? Because I, I feel like I play against dragons every other <sighs> matchup. But, uh, yeah. yeah, like if it's, and then, and then when I'm not playing those matchups, I'm playing against mono green. <laughs> so, um, yeah, quite often I, I am seeing those as the front runners of the format and rightfully so, right? Like a lot of the, the cards there are extremely powerful, um, between, you know, whatever dragon's fire or whatever as a really solid answer that can deal anywhere up to like about, let's say six damage to a creature or planeswalker, extremely powerful, um, assuming that they play the six mana, six, six uncountable dragon, right? And then mono green aggro, just ranger class on its own has been powerful. So good. Oh, uh, yeah, it's been absurd. But I, I think another thing that's been really powerful is paladin class, uh, that people, uh, like are, are kind of just not thinking about, but like, holy cow, that stacks effect. But even then when it's not the stat, like the additional tax, it's the anthem effect and it's one mana, uh, like, uh, this whole format has a, a bunch of really, really powerful monocolored permanents. And that is why I've been playing so like a full playset of Vanishing Verse. Vanishing Verse seems really good in this meta. Like yeah. even like a lot of the best threats are also monocolored. So it feels like it hits pretty much everything you want to hit and it does it for two mana at instant speed and it exiles like so so good i think that might be one of the best removal spells in our new format we were talking about how like power word kill yeah a little bit iffy not getting dragons not getting you know faceless haven that's kind of a big deal in the standard 2022 meta i don't see many power word kills at all but vanishing verse every time i see it it looks really really strong yeah being able to exile let's just say hey i need to kill a gold span dragon great i need to get rid of that ranger class great you know what i mean it, it answers about 90 percent of the things you'll see played and outside of like the sack deck or something that's like a multicolored deck which is like okay then then you got me good right like all right i don't have any real uh ways to deal with anything here except even the the sack deck play the gold span dragon so gold span dragon i think is going to be kind of like the premier card going into rotation. So that card looks to be very strong. Ranger class, very strong. Uh, Paladin class gave, gives white weenie so much power. Um, yeah. So like a lot of the, the, the things going into the new format are going to be monocolored. So, uh, whatever, whatever the problem is, I just feel like vanishing verse has been my go-to. And that's why I've been playing like a little bit of Esper Control. Now, I believe we have some other decks within the tiers, right? We still have a control deck in Demir Control. 
Um, I, yeah, so so I have uh, to go through the tiers. This is and this is kind of my tier ranking. So take it with a grain of salt. It's my opinion on it. So tier one is it dragons mono green right behind that at like tier one point five. I don't know. It depends on how many decks you want in tier one. I think they rank behind is it dragons and mono green would be I think Demir control is the most popular control deck right now uh, on the ladder. So I put that at tier one point five. Then some sort of white aggro, probably mono white, but there's also Boros builds that basically are mono white that splash for showdown in this calls. Yeah. So that would be kind of like the next group. Then you get down to tier two. There's a bunch of different like sacrifice decks using like lessons and pests and some walls and things like that. Goblins is actually pretty popular, I think, in part because it's really aggressive and really cheap. Angels is kind of another deck that's been recently creeping up in just the last few days, becoming more popular. Yep. And then the final tier, you have a ton of stuff that people are trying. Nothing that's really taken off, but like elves, there's coma, uh, coma ramp decks. I've seen some Boros equipment decks. I've seen some party aggro decks. Uh, and then I'm sure there's like 20 other decks that you could mention that I've seen people trying on the ladder. How many of these decks, Grim, do you think will actually be part of our best of three post rotation meta? Like, all right, let's start with Is It Dragons. Is It Dragons, oh. will that be a deck in best of three? 1000%. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's, that's got to be one. yeah yeah that's got to be one of the first decks that are going to be seeing the uh, seeing play day one right like day one that's got to be it because normally you wouldn't play a control deck day one but it isn't just a control deck it's a it's able to shift quite easily between you know its dragon plan and that because you'll have Galazeth still you have Goldspan Dragon uh you have Amirith so there, there's there's stuff. Right. There's lots of stuff there. Yeah. And it, I mean, along with that, it already kind of has a track record uh, of being good in best of three. It's a like a legitimate deck in our current standard with a lot of the same pieces. You lose some stuff, but you keep a lot of the, you know, Galazeth Prismari, Goldspan Dragon, Elrond's Epiphany. So we've already seen it has success in best of three. And in general, I think mid range and control decks, I would say benefit more from best of three than aggro decks like a deck like prismari mid-range it would love to be able to have some sweepers for like goblins in mono white which are a little bit tough to dilute your deck with in best of one i think but in your sideboard you can throw a bunch of whatever pyroclasm happens to be the best in the format and greatly improve your matchup and reduce the risk of like getting run over by aggro or something well that's why you just play the better prismari tribe in best of one what is, what is the better Prismari tribe, Grim? Giants. <laughs> I, how have, how has Giants been for you? I actually, so here's, <laughs> I actually just tried to build Giants over the weekend and I built the deck and I was like, oh, it's going to be sweet. I really want Giants to work. And after I built it, I was like, oh my God, I think I just built like, is it dragons? But I took out all the busted <laughs> cards and replaced them with like medium power Giants. But otherwise it looked very similar. How has Giants been for you? Well, it's a lot like what you said. But <laughs> I I actually <laughs> did enjoy it the way I, I had built it, which, you know, of course, Invasion of the Giants was quite powerful. Uh, getting Glimpse, like Glimpses of, of the Cosmos was a very powerful card. Um, and like Shatter Skull Charger seems to be another front runner for something that gets around a lot of like sorcery speed answers. So I actually really liked Giants. Um, it, it does feel extremely clunky when you didn't have Invasion of the Giants or Prismari Command because oftentimes getting that additional treasure meant getting your Qu uh, Quakebringer earlier or your Battle of Frost and Fire. 
Yeah, I, I think the sagas are huge. Like, that was the one thing that I noticed uh, with the giant deck that I actually thought was pretty powerful, even compared to Is It Dragons, that Invasion of the Giants and Battle of Frost and Fire are both just actually really strong cards that maybe haven't really gotten their due because of how broken standard has been. But I think those sagas in specific are something to uh, keep an eye out for after rotation. Yeah. What about what about mono green crib? Do you think that will be a deck in best of three? Oh, definitely. I mean, Ranger, uh, like Ranger class, Eska's chariot. The, these are cards that are going to exist. Right. And, and like post rotation, uh, and, or at least currently, I think so. But yeah, like Ranger class and Eska's chariot, uh, you have layer of the Hydra constantly closing out games. That's not going to change whether, unless, like, even with Field of Ruin, you're still going to be like, well, have it or you die. Right. So layer of the Hydra has proven to be very powerful and j- just green all around. And the three, three wolf that draws a card Ooh. when it attacks, like, with, yep. like there's just so much there. And, um, something that has, I, I at least, I don't know if you've seen this against mono green, but it's like gnarled professor or something like that. The four mana the- five four or something yes the the one that grabs a lessons it's like a five four trample for four and lets you uh yeah lets you grab a lesson that's actually uh, that's one of those cards that in a world of love struck beast is pretty meh right in a world without having adventures and love struck beasts and bone crusher giants around that's actually like a pretty legit card and i actually think uh, that lessons in general have gotten a lot better and it might partly be because we're playing best of one but uh, i still think that with the power of standard going down it's going to be a lot more appealing to dedicate a few sideboard slots to some lessons, throw in some of the learn cards, which looks bad compared to Eldorain or Ikoria, but actually look pretty on curve compared to the rest of the stuff that's going to be in standard post rotation. It's it's nice because, I mean, you have an answer to any permanent in colorless, right? So sure, they draw a card, yeah. but you know what? Here, you can draw a card, but I needed to get rid of your Professor Onyx or something, right? But... Yeah, like the, this learn has been very good. And I think that that's another card that's kind of slipped by and people aren't thinking of much and they've probably seen it by now is divide by zero. That's pretty much remand. Yep. That card is pretty much remand. Like it is, it yeah. is doing exactly what you want it to do. It even, but it, the best part is that it gets around uncounterable stuff. And then it goes and grabs you whatever you need, but it also deals with something on the board. So this card is very good. Divide by zero, like, wow, I'm very impressed by this. Yeah, I've seen that look really, uh, really strong as well. And that's a good segue. Uh, What about control, Krim? Like, I have Demure Control as the top control deck in the standard 2022 meta. How are you feeling, obviously, early without Innistrad about the chances of control post-rotation best of three? Any any sense of what color combination you're looking towards or how good it might be? Uh, Okay, so if I'm asking for, if I'm looking at color combinations... I think something like Doomscar is going to be good again. I've been playing the crap out of Doomscar. Um, you, yep. we need, we need good sweepers and Doomscar is kind of like where we need to be with that. Um, and, uh, yeah, like the, the only thing here is control decks just lose to creature lands. <laughs> like straight up, I, they, all the creature lands like pretty much pants control decks. So, cause after you sweep, 
that's when they get turned on, right? And then they they go swinging at your face. So yeah. um, I do think that control decks are are definitely still viable, but they just need to be tuned and or get a few more answers with uh, Innistrad. However, right now, like they, I, I think Demir is probably the most consistent control deck. However, Esper is the one I've been playing because Vanishing Verse. So yeah. How- I think I think the biggest question, if there's one big question about standard uh, post rotation, it's going to be the mana. We've oh, already mentioned Lord, like yeah. the ghost quarter aspect, but one of the things that I've noticed since there 2022 is all oh, the mana bases are pretty awful. You got a lot of like play a pathway, play a tap duel, play a bunch of basics type of mana bases, and it makes it pretty difficult to be a three color deck and like really really hard to be four or more colors. So I think. It's a huge, so uh, a huge aspect of what post rotation standard is going to look like is what land cycle we get in Innistrad and how good it is. How have you found the Esper mana base to be? Like, have you had a lot of games where you end up losing to yourself just because the standard 2022 mana is pretty clunky? Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, uh, and, and that's because you have this awkward spot where it's like, hey, I want to play the snow covered dual land, but I also want to play my snarl my sh- like silver cool snarl untapped so i mana bases in this is like is not as you know straightforward and just cut and dry just play the land and you're good right this one i actually have to think about between that drawing my creature lands what colors do i want untapped it feels a lot like how we had talked before about playing five color zoo in modern i spend so much time on my turns trying to figure out when to play my lands yeah yeah, that is that is a huge thing because uh, like you got the creature lands that come into play untapped after you have two lands, you have tap tools, you have the <clears> snarls <throat> which come into play untapped unless you're holding the right land. So it is very convoluted, and I think that might be one of the reasons. And I I think these decks are still going to be good, like mono green aggro, mono white aggro. But I think one of the reasons they have been top tier decks in standard 2022 is because you don't have those mana issues. Like uh, that's a huge upside of being like mono green. My mana is great. I get to play eight creature lands. I get to play a bunch of forests. I have some decent MDFCs, so I actually have more lands in my deck than it looks like. And my mana is just like amazing. Compare that to the control deck where you got to be three colors uh, to get a very powerful card in Vanishing Verse. But then you just have some games where your lands come into play tap too much or your color screwed because you drew, you know, all of the same color lands. So I think I think that is part of the reason why we see these monocolor aggro decks being so powerful powerful i think mono white clearly going to be i think some version of it mono white or boros will be a deck after rotation what do you think of the lower tier decks crit i'm looking at like goblins angels coma ramp elves equipment party do any of those decks uh, sacrifice do any of those decks stick out to you as a deck that you're like okay i think this deck has a shot to be a real thing in best of three after rotation i think angels like w- without without knowing what is coming uh, in in Ishtrad. I think Angels has the most, the highest probability of existing. And then, of course, Boros Equipment, I think they've been leading up to the fact that, like, yeah, we're going to try to make an equipment deck work. Um, So right now with Rotation, we don't have Embercleave. So the only thing we have is, like, what, Sky Mall, whatever, Skyclave of the the white artifact equipment, the three mana one. Um, yeah, Maul the Sky Ma- Yeah, Maul the Sky Like, that's what we have. Otherwise, all the other stuff, I think elves could exist. 
I mean, it did, it didn't really lose too much. If I don't, if I recall, right? Like you still have a good amount of stuff there. Um, so elves, elves can exist. It just needs a few, like a few more pieces. Party feels way too clunky. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do about that because party feels somehow clunkier than the whole venture uh, idea. Um, so yeah, it is, it is very, I, I, it's very high variance. I've had seen some people play party decks against me and get very good draws and the deck actually is kind of insane, but then they have other games where you have like two of the same creature type and you never get a party and all of your stuff is so underpowered. And I don't know how rotation fixes that barring like a ton more shapeshifters, changelings or something, which seems very unlikely. I have no idea how how Innistrad is going to solve that problem for party. I think that'll always be there. I think it's just inherent with the mechanic. Right. And that and that's why I just don't think that that archetype will work and if it does it's going to need a huge boost from Innistrad as you had mentioned. Uh but like yeah, like I I think that that's it's just elves, equipment and like angels. I don't know if sacrifice has anything really good to be honest with you. It, it the only thing I've seen is the Immisturm Predator that came out in one of the more recent sets, the dragon that you can sack to. I think that's really good, but not having Woe Strider, and we all know Mayhem Devil was a house. So, like, what is the new payoff, right? Like, for playing a sack deck. And I, um, yeah. We would the need Blood Artist kind of like, or something. I don't, I don't know if you've run into them much, but once in a while you see someone playing like a, a Sedgemore Witch Plum the Forbidden style sacrifice ah, deck. Yeah. And some of those like look pretty cool, but they're definitely way different than what you would think of as the sacrifice decks we've had recently. They're almost like weird combo decks. Although, are they going to be good? I'm not sure. Although Sedgemore Witch and also like Witherbloom Apprentice are cards that I think get way better without Bone Crusher around. I think Sedgemore Witch is actually like one of my sleep cards for future standard i think it's actually like a pretty powerful effect and we'll see how the removal lines up and all that stuff but uh it was just so hard to play right now because it gets it gets stomped on way too often but after rotation without bone crusher maybe something like that can work i think i think your angels pick kind of nailed it for two reasons one is i think they're actually like kind of powerful and i like that their big flying bodies can actually keep up with dragons a little bit at least you have stuff that can like trade with your opponents galazeth prismari or whatever the other reason is uh, and we're looking way far ahead and who knows what will actually come in our two innistrad sets but if you look at past versions of innistrad angels have been a very supported tribe both times we went to innistrad there were a lot of angels like Avison Restored was with the original one. We had so many busted angels. There were angels, uh, Archangel Avison in yeah, our return yeah. to Innistrad. So I think that out of all those lower tier decks, I think angels might be the one that is most likely to get some really good support pieces from uh, from Innistrad. Yeah, fully. That, spirits, you know, werewolves, uh, maybe vampires. I'd be so surprised <laughs> if vampires didn't actually get <laughs> some, some love. And, like, zombies and stuff, right? But, yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, like, uh, going back through old Innistrad sets, zero elves. Not a single one in either Innistrad block. Zero goblins. 
only two giants. There were two zombie giants that showed up. But so those are tribes that I don't know if we can expect a lot of support. Of course, like we don't know. Maybe this is a very elves heavy version of Innistrad. But traditionally, those are not tribes that show up there a whole lot on Innistrad. We do know that the, the first set is actually vampire themed. And then the second one is uh, is vampire themed. So I'm sure we're getting support for those tribes, although Vampires and werewolves don't really have much in current standards, so those are going to have to be like Innistrad block decks almost for the most part. So it'll be really interesting. Uh, all right, one more one more question for you, and then we'll we'll move on to some fish mail here. So Krim, and actually I guess this is actually a good segue into an early fish mail. So this is a question from my name is Patty, and it says, "Do you think there will be any cards likely to be banned in new standard that aren't already?" Banned? Banned, so Omnath or whatever doesn't count. I could see Goldspan Dragon being banned for reasons similar to Omnath. Um, so, Krim, what do you think about that? Like, what is the best cards going into rotation? And are you concerned at all that any of those cards could actually be too good? Uh, obviously, super early, but early prediction. Best cards, anything ban-worthy? Uh, ban-worthy on power level? I think so far, like looking at everything that's available in this format, the closest thing would actually be probably Alrun's Epiphany. Yeah, I, I, I think for me, Alrun's Epiphany and Goldspan are the two cards that really stick out above the pack as the best cards. Whether or not they need to be banned, that's that's trickier. But I would definitely agree that the, that is one of the best cards going into rotation. Right. I mean, like, I, I think Alrun's Epiphany is most likely to get it over, like, a dragon, a five-mana dragon. Uh, because I, I think the issue is that it's an extra turn spell. And so the play pattern is miserable. The power level of that is miserable. Um, so... Once again, I I just think extra turn spells are miserable. <laughs> so, yeah, and and they're not very they're not very well liked at this point either. Like we saw Nexus of Fate that really soured the community. I think uh, community's mood on extra turn spells. So if we do go into a format where a lot of decks are playing Outrun's Epiphany and it's something you're seeing a pretty high percentage of the time, that is the kind of card that you're going to see complaints about on the MTG Arena subreddit, and you're going to see complaints about on Twitter, and I could see something happening with... I think that Goldspan Dragon actually, like, is probably more powerful, yeah. if that makes any sense, it but is. it's also not the kind of card that the whole community is going to coalesce around like talking about how miserable it is or how much they dislike it. Cause it's powerful in a fair light. It's just a four, four flying haste. Like we got yeah. lots of those. Like, yeah. but when you think about what it does and the treasure it makes and how it protects itself, it's actually like an absurd threat. But I think that epiphany ban wise is probably more likely, even though I think gold's ban is actually the more powerful of the two cards. Yeah, like, it's okay to have powerful cards in the format, right? Like, it's okay that Goldspan is going to be, well, like, the the centerpiece of the new format. However, like, Alrun's Epiphany may not, like, may not seem obvious, like, wait, hold on, that card? But legitimately, the play pattern, the 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 way it plays, and, like, the cost on it is still pretty good. Uh, I, I just think that these extra turn spells need to cost more. Stop making them, like, around 5, 6 mana. Make them cost more than that. Make them, like, 9 mana. Like, I'm, I'm not even joking. Like, and I just, I just hate yeah. extra turn spells. So yeah. 
give them give them give them more upside have it make a bigger token or like do other cool things but i i agree making it more expensive and alarm's epiphany uh, fortel is actually like a little annoying too because i've noticed uh it makes it very hard to get with discard like at yeah. least other other spells uh, other extra turn spells you can thought seize or duress or whatever you know we have in the format but once you foretell it and it's hidden away it's just like safely sitting there until your opponent gets to six mana it also like chains together pretty often uh it combines with all the treasures and the ramp that are going on in a lot of decks and it's not even just a and is it dragon's cards i've seen alrun's epiphany as like a control finisher along with planeswalkers and showing up in other decks as well so i think yeah that is is a bit of a concern. I don't think there's anything else that I'm even concerned about, though. It's like yeah. Aaron's Epiphany, Goldspan Dragon. After that, I don't think there's anything that would even cross my mind as far as, oh, I think that's too good. Obviously, things can change and we don't know the full picture yet, but nothing else like I'm even worried about as far as needing to be banned or being too good for the format. Yeah, totally agree. Well, let's uh let's answer some more some more fish mail here. I think that's any other uh, thoughts on on standard standard twenty twenty two cram before we wrap up with some fish mail today. Uh no, that it's been fun, and I'm excited to see what Innistrad brings. I'm I'm liking the lower power level. It's weird adjusting, but I am liking it. It has been a brush of fresh air, a, not to have to deal with of- the cards from Aldrain. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally I totally butchered that, but. Uh, <laughs> Not to have to deal with Aldraid and Ikoria in ultimatums and companions, like, it, it feels really fun, and I'm really excited. I'm excited for game to play best of three. I'm excited for Innistrad. I actually think the standard could be in a pretty good place, of course, pending what Innistrad looks like, but I'm I'm pretty hyped for full rotation to happen, too, because our early taste with standard 2022 looks pretty positive to me like in general i think standard is it's looking good and i'm feeling even more confident about that now that we've got to play standard 2022 than i was before we got to play it all right so fish mail questions if you would like your questions answered on a future podcast you can uh at mtg goldfish on twitter hashtag them mtg fish mail we already got the one from my name is patty about if anything would need to be banned next up we have only uh from at only we how disappointed will seth be when strixhaven and afr are still uh, irrelevant in standard post rotation so obviously my question to you is grim are those sets going to be irrelevant my experience has been Probably not. Like, I've seen a lot of lessons. I've seen Sedgemore Witches. I've actually seen a decent amount of Adventures and Forgotten Realm stuff. We were talking about the class enchantments, especially being really powerful. I don't think those sets are going to be irrelevant after rotation. Do you think they will be, Krim? 100% not. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'm already finding a good amount of the classes problematic. (laughs) Like, not like as in, like, they need to be banned, but, like, they are very powerful. Um, And and these cards like we had just mentioned divide by zero uh stuff like that like i i think that even divide by zero and best of three has its applications so um i i i like i like a lot of these sets now that eldraine and Ikoria is gone now we can finally see like it, it just honestly it just makes me over like like look over the entire like all the sets again like Caltime. what works now there's so many things that work now from Caltime forward or or zendikar forward 
not party. Party still yeah, sucks. That's <laughs> that's what that's what I've been enjoying too is just going back through these old sets because there was so much stuff that when the set released and during spoiler season I was excited about, but then my de- dreams were quickly dashed as soon as you know we got Eldrain out there and Bone Crushers and Love Struck Beasts and they just weren't quite good enough. But now all this stuff is back on the table, so I actually think we're gonna see a ton of AFR stuff and gonna see a ton of Strixhaven stuff because those sets. You got to judge the the power of a set in the context of its format compared to last year's cards, the 2020, uh, 2020 cards. Those cards are not good at all. Like those sets are just not powerful enough. But compared to a format that's going to be Innistrad, Zendikar Rising uh, and the sets printed this year, I think those sets are on par And Strixhaven might actually end up being pretty powerful. If Learn and Lesson is actually good after rotation, they might be some of the more powerful sets in standard, as weird as that sounds. So yeah. I definitely think you're going to be able to play all those cards after rotation. And already these cards don't feel as weak as Ixalan. So so it won't be a weak format like that, but it is powered down than, you know, Eldrain. So I'm loving this. And at least they're interesting. Yeah. Like, even if, like, it's powered down, learning lesson is interesting. Uh, venturing into dungeons is unique. Innistra, or Ixalan was powered down, and it wasn't especially interesting. Like, sure, you had some, like, cool tribes, I guess, but it was kind of just bland and powered down. So I'm hoping and thinking we're going to have a good kind of power down standard rather than like a boring power down standard. Next up from at X Chris J. Hey team, love the podcast. Just an Aussie magic player here wondering how close things are to returning to normal quote unquote in the States in regards to things like FNM and paper magic events. So Krim, are you back to playing uh, paper magic out in California? We people are. Um, even my LGS has opened up again. Um, and like people are going out to them, but I, I myself have not returned. Granted that that's because of streaming. I stream Friday nights, so I don't get to go to FNMs as much anymore. Um, but I would like to. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's fun. It's fun like seeing people like, you know, like people are excited to go back to LGSs and stuff like that. And I'm, and I'm excited for them. Uh, so. I, I, I gotta make my way to an FNM one night, uh, maybe just take a night off or something, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think we're, we're heading in that direction. We're currently heading towards some version of normal. Uh, stores are, I think in at least most places open back up again. Uh, they are doing events and FNMs and so forth. We don't have big events yet. Uh, at least not official big events. There's no SCG tour back yet or a magic fest or anything. So I'm not expecting that until, at the earliest end of this year and probably for like magic fest and stuff, probably not till next year, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, so, so we're heading in that direction, but we still get a ways to go. And this is still all pending. I don't know. There's still some uncertainty. I think when Correct. you hear some like, uh, you know, variants of coronavirus and all that stuff going on, like we're heading towards normal now where we'll be heading like three months from now. I think is still up in, the <laughs> in some sense anyone's guess because we don't really know what's going to happen with the with all the stuff that's going on with the coronavirus. So heading in a good direction, but fingers crossed uh, is where I'm at. From at 
FD territory. Last fish mail of the day. I bought the Ikoria Commander decks from Amazon on sale. I've never played Commander, so I want to open one to mess around with and leave the rest sealed. Which one should I open? So uh, these were the Commander 2020 decks. It yep. came out with Ikoria, Calamax, yep. uh, Atrami, the Mutate deck, Jira. Cathriel, the Graveyard deck, Gavi, the Cycling deck, and, and Genera Kudro, or yeah, whatever yeah. it is, the Human deck. Krim, if you're going to pick one of those to open and play with, which one would you pick? The human deck. I love the human deck. I, I think that one is the absolute, like, the most fun. Calamax, though, I think is, like, power level-wise probably the most powerful because I did have to make some upgrades to make humans better. However, humans isn't that expensive to upgrade. So I, I actually, yeah, I, I think whichever whatever the name of the here like the the humans commander deck is is my pick and that's not because goldfish spoiled it we legit we <laughs> legitimately i i legitimately love that deck i went and made a real version of it too and and to this day i still play that deck all the time and as you know in the history of magic we're gonna get more humans always yeah humans getting better set by set for sure i think i would probably go with gavi i think the cycling deck is actually cool not as upgradable i don't think as something like humans but i think it's a cool play pattern but really when it comes down to it i think it's your personal preference and what you enjoy like the human deck is kind of like aggro tribal the gavi cycling deck is a little more controlling cathriel is kind of a graveyard deck the mutate deck is a mutate deck so if you really like that mechanic <laughs> and the calamax is like a spell slinger kind of instant speed style deck so uh, whatever whatever play style you enjoy i think would actually be the one that i would go with so i mean i like gavi but it really depends on on how you like to play magic so i don't think you can really make a wrong choice i think all those decks were pretty well put together and pretty solid i think the mutate one might be the the clunkiest of the bunch just because it's built around a new mechanic and doesn't have his, you know, 25 years worth of cards to pull from. So I might avoid that one. But otherwise, I mean, take your pick and you're going to have fun with it. Anyway, I think that brings us to the end of our fish mail. So once again, send in your fish mail questions at MTG Goldfish on Twitter. Hashtag them MTG Fish Mail. We'll get to them next week. And that also brings us to the end of episode 338 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about whatever goes on in the world of magic. So until then, have an amazing week everyone and this is the crew signing out